Welcome to the Echo Oscar Delta podcast, where we talk to Navy EOD techs and hear the stories that they want to share. All ideas, thoughts, and statements are those of the guest and the host of Echo Oscar Delta, and not of Navy EOD or Navy as a whole. All right, today, Harry Bassnight joins me on the podcast. Harry retired as a senior chief after 21 years of service in the Navy. He's deployed eight times to Afghanistan, Yemen, Syria, and Somalia. Thanks for coming on and talking with me. Glad to be here, man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I had the pleasure of spending some time starting this this whole EOD thing with you. Um, got lots of lots of things coming to mind right now. Standing on quay walls and having height contests. All kinds of height contests. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, uh, so you actually just retired. September, yeah. Yeah. How's, uh, how's that been since you've retired? Dude, it's... It's another journey. Yeah. You know, we're starting over in a, uh, you know, different space than when I left it, you know. Yeah. I joined the Navy at 17 years old. So coming back in that civilian life, it's uh, relearning how to be a civilian is, is part of that journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, though. I mean, You're right. You do play with that thing a lot. I do. I, <laughs> I touched this... Uh, the boom mic quite a bit because I kind of move it back and forth and it's, you know, it's, it's a easy way for me to fidget without. So you're telling me you like moving phallic looking things back and forth away from your mouth. I get it. Um, so you say you joined when you were 17, 17, what, uh, what brought you in the Navy? Uh, lack of direction. Yeah. You know, probably like most of us. Yeah. Um, I could, uh, continue to do stupid shit and risk, you know, jeopardizing my future or have somebody kind of put me in some sort of direction. Yeah. And, uh, I leaned pretty hard on that. Nice. And when you came in, um, you didn't come in EOD initially. What, you had another job before? Your boy did three years on the wasp, Mm. you know, Hayes gray underway. I'm sorry. I mean, (laughs) It was an experience. Yeah. You know, we uh, were able to, you know, cruise the med, found out that I absolutely didn't want to be on the ship. Yeah. So it was, it was motivation not to, not to go back. Yeah. You know? that, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, love the Navy. It's, it's been a huge part of my life. Um, but there's just like in everything, there's shit that you don't want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And what, when did you find out about EOD? How that? So I went down to to dive school, and um, I, after dive school, I, I was over at uh, NEDU for a little while, and then I went there. I worked in the uh, spec warfare locker, learned about EOD, uh, what it was, and then I got uh, Rob Womble. You know, hey Rob, uh, he's the one that that uh, signed off on my package to to go to EOD school. Nice and. It was the uh, best decision I ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember the fact that we we got lucky in dive school. We had you, who had connections down there, and then our OIC had connections down there, and between the two, I remember one time specifically where having that paid off very well for the class. We... I don't know what we did, something stupid. Probably. But we got in trouble for something, and we went out to the grinder, 
they came out and they were like, you owe us, I don't know, five, 608 counts. And you and OIC were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> and the instructors were like, what? <laughs> and they were like, uh, we'll do, we'll do 200. And they were like, no, you're going to do one. They're like, no, we're going to do 200. They're just like, like, whatever then 200 <laughs> and they walked off yeah. <laughs> we were like what just happened <laughs> it was awesome magic yeah <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> yeah i had to give him a hand job in the, in the <laughs> yeah. instructor's office or something i appreciate your sacrifice <laughs> <laughs> uh no um so how was uh how was school for you it was one of the, you know, most fond memories, right? Um, so much happened throughout that that span of time, and we had such a tight knit group that it was. That I mean, played volleyball every weekend. Yeah. Um, I think being a little bit older, and being somebody that, you know, younger guys would would ask like just regular Navy shit too. Yeah. Because we went to that, Hey, right out of boot camp, you're going to EOD school. Um, that definitely fulfilled, you know, my need to, to be a contributing member to the team. Right. Um, so always keeping that, that open line of communication with all the guys, I, I think helped keep us pretty close. Yeah. Um, you know, Look at us now. How many years later, right? Yeah. It's been a while. Um, I still keep in touch with, you know, however sporadic, like you just kind of pick up where you left off. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's very true. I mean, I went to Guam for what, five and a half years and then came back and but at the training unit is where I saw you next. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it was like. They're just picked up. <laughs> and I think that's been reoccurring theme throughout my throughout my career it's like you embed these relationships that you build uh, off of you know like-minded individuals and there's substance there that it's not a you know fleeting thing at all but yeah. you're able to to pick right back up yeah absolutely and uh yeah i, I do remember too um just it, it, we were a really close class like I remember even when uh, when I decided to take some extra time at EOD school, you guys still let me be in the class picture. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it, it was a good every, class picture. It, it was a great class picture. Yeah, balls and all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, dude, it was. Uh, we just had a we had a lot of fun. What, I can't remember where where did we separate again? In. So I was the last test in underwater, one of the few, the proud that failed that twice. Hey man, you like it so <laughs> nice, you did it twice, yes. Th thrice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit happens, dude, for yeah. whatever reason, right? But you know, persevered, carried on, and you know, you're here because of it now. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Um, I was just going to ask, uh, inside of, you know, all of 
the the lead up to before you get to a mobile unit you got any any experiences that kind of like stand out to you or any times that specifically pop in your brain i mean i would say you know ewd school was such a fantastic starting point for that that we had so many good times shitty times already and we uh the being close-knit was definitely helpful it's like you know the family and some guys you know had families yeah uh, they weren't a ton but you know mike he was uh he was every bit as engaged as i was but he still had you know two little kids at home yeah so but bringing him into the fold and there's there's a time where you know we were at mike's house putting a lift on his uh on his scout international yeah <laughs> and yeah, you know, I wasn't. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just holding the flashlight, right? Getting <laughs> <laughs> yelled at. <laughs> I mean, no. Nah, I mean, it was just like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll help. I don't know what the yeah. hell I'm doing though. Um, so we're under there, and you know, his wife comes out, and I'm on this side of the truck, and my legs are hanging out of the, hanging out from underneath the truck. She's like, "Damn, babe, you got tan." <laughs> <laughs> And Mark's like, uh, I'm over here. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's just little shit like that that I guarantee you to this day he would remember it and he'd laugh about it. Yeah. You don't know how many times I mean, me and Warren, you know, hey, I bet you I can piss up that tree farther than you can. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> Let's see it. Well, somebody got a... <laughs> Cool. I'll get a hemorrhoid. And yeah. I'll, I'll send it for pissing up a tree and still lose. <laughs> oh my goodness! I totally remember that. I, and it's just like those little things. There's a, I mean, a million of them. Yeah. Um, hanging out with uh, you know, you remember Rob? You know, him and I lived together, and um, the merging of his class and our class, like we had a lot of cross, you know, cross mingling there. So there's so many guys from that class that I keep up with and yeah. are, you know, constant figures in my life to this day. That's awesome. Um, but it's just like, just constant stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, make, make the best stories. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, Let me ask you, what was your perspective, you know, going through? Um, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, it was interesting because I was, I was older. You know, I came in twenty three, I turned twenty three in boot camp, so I had that experience. And then, um, um, you know, I, I, I did the uh, the pre EOD training, where you spend a little bit of time at Buds, and then you decide you don't want to do that. Um, and <laughs> I was with quite a few guys in the class, and that that were like that, and uh, it was interesting dynamic with that because i i kind of was just pushed that aside and was like this as it turns out is much better suited for me and right. um so that that was my only goal you know is, is doing this and i didn't care about that previous part anymore 
and uh, not everybody felt that way in the class. And I know that that was contentious at times. Um, so trying to keep honestly a little bit separated from those that kept bringing their previous four weeks up their, um, their, their accolades from, exactly uh, i remember when i was back in the shit yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um but for the most part man i, I had a really good time I, I enjoyed my time with it and uh i think i don't know leadership wise you know it, it was it was pretty good for the class and as far as i was concerned i i don't i, I can I, at this point I can only think of the fun times we have. I'm sure there was some negatives in there and I'm sure that there are some back and forths, but they must've been pretty small. Cause I don't remember those anymore. So, I mean, I remember like a couple shitty times in class where we had to overcome some, you know, adverse moments, like right at the end of school where, you know, somebody decided to run from the cops on his, mm motorcycle and and get royally fucked up and yeah then we had to come together as a class and, and get over that shit I, I do remember that actually yeah you know i think now where i'm at thinking back to then like man i'm i'm glad i was in that position in the class where i was just another freaking number <laughs> because i i didn't have to manage or do anything. I just kind of listened, observed, took in what you guys were putting out. And then, yeah, I mean, we pushed forward together, but thinking to where I am now, like, man, if that happens in the position that I am now, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more on the shoulders and that stinks. I mean, and that's where, I, you know, leadership and all that stuff comes in. It's like when things are going great, it's fucking awesome. But then, you know, dealing with the adverse shit and, and pushing through it, that's where, you know, I think that's where real leadership happens. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's, I mean, that's totally true. Cause I, I, I'm thinking back to, I was told I had, I had a really good team not too long ago and, uh, everything was good. And another guy was talking to me about, how I had it easy because my team was solid and you know, he was, he was kind of right. Like <laughs> I had solid dudes. We didn't really have much go wrong. So it was easy. It's easy to lead that and then transition into when that's not the case. And yeah, I mean, that's where you see, you know, the measure of a man. Right. But it's no fault to you though. Right. If, like, what do you want to fucking hate me because I didn't yeah. have to deal with somebody, you know, killing their wife or, you know, punching a baby or, you know, something yeah. like that. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll, I'll take the easy, <laughs> yeah. I'll deal with the, the hard, but I'll, I'll take the easy if you're going to give it to me. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm going to go down this road or that road. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, nobody's in control of what they're dealt. Yeah. Right. So when you, get dealt a shitty hands. Like how do you react to it? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. After, after EOD school, uh, you came, you came East coast, right? No, I went right to eight. Dude. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, how was your time out, out there? 
the best and the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, it's, uh, we lived in, in Sicily, which was. That's right. You, you were there before it moved. Yeah. That's awesome. Did, you know, two years over there and that was, it was a great mobile unit. We really cohesive, uh, unit. I think it had a lot to do with, you know, language barrier and all that other shit that comes in with, uh, living overseas. Yeah. I want to stay in your, your little America. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there was a big group of us who had, um, a compound out on the outskirts of, you know, Mount Etna and it was some funnest shit ever. That's awesome. There was a lot of guys that just, we had duplexes and, uh, our own gated compound. So it was, it was badass. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Out of man. And, you know, drinking and driving is bad. Yes. Right. Not to be encouraged. However, it was fucking <laughs> lawless. <dude. laughs> it's like, I, but standard Sicilian culture, it's like, you know, you're, you know, feeding a baby, smoking a cigarette, talking on the cell phone, and, you know, trying to drive at the same time. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking Vabene. <laughs> yeah. Everything's Vabene. What's, what's Vabene mean? It's like, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I don't really speak Italian. Yeah. Like, but it's just like, yeah. You know, like, it's like, ah, whatever. That's awesome. I think that's how I took it. Yeah. Ah, Vabene. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, dude, like being out there super close, um, again, we would hang out on the weekends or we'd take, you know, short trips to anywhere in Europe, hang out for a weekend and come back. Yeah. And then, um, I deployed pretty early on when I got there, um, got, uh, part of a workup, uh, got thrown on a team with, you know, great team. Yeah. We, we bonded very well um but it was a very shortened uh workup our team chief got switched out like three weeks three or four weeks before we deployed so oh, wow. got a new team chief that came on thanks chuck mm -hmm. <laughs> um and you know he had to pick up the slack dude like he had a very little time to jump on and um you know learn everybody, meet everybody. And then looking back now at what he had to do, like big appreciation for, yeah. for that. Um, just because it's like, you're not going to sit in Bahrain, dude. You're right. You're going, you're going to war yeah. and you've had very little time with the guys that you're going, going to war with. Luckily, you know, we were all, all in it, all very proficient for for what we what we had but yeah. um the the shit that he had, ended up having to deal with as a fucking team chief like sucked yeah just like many other team chief has you know they dealt with you know shitty situations and that's where that that whole leadership thing comes in it's like what do you do with it once you once you're dealt that shitty hand yeah so yeah, that was a first deployment. Um, got ended just over halfway through because of, uh, you know, 
We got fucking blown up. Yeah. Um, you you were talking about like profound uh, situations that you find yourself in. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first one that I can remember where I was, you know, literally scared shitless. Dude. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? We're yeah. first, first call going out to a post blast. It was me, Tony chip, and he was doing his right seat, left seat. Um, that's how turnovers got done back, back in the day. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you actually went on a ride along, but now it's, uh, I don't know. You do a fucking webinar and you're all right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the I had never shot a 50 cal and we get a call like two days in dude I mean we got there we got in country but then we never made it up to uh, we got you know had to stay at the uh, like turnover shit where I think we were coming into uh, uh, Kandahar yeah so had to do our the IED lanes and all that other stuff, read-ins. And we get up to Kalat. From there, we were we were on the ground, like, that day. And, oh, this is really <laughs> fucking happening. Yeah. <laughs> this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, you know, just got an IED call. Like, all right, what do we do? <laughs> Where do we go? Hey, you're doing this, this, you're gunning. I'm like... I'm what? <laughs> and no shit. I mean, uh, Mr. Uh, Timmy, you know, he's like, hey, this is how you operate a 50 cal. Yeah. <clears throat> Nothing like OJT, right? Right. <laughs> um, he's like, ah, you're going to do this. You're going to throw a link in here. You're going to rack it one time. What, you know, and when he was saying this, it sounded like fucking Charlie Brown. Like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I didn't, didn't really get it because never done. It. He's like, all right. Make sure you don't load until we uh to get to the ECP. Like, yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very uncomfortable, dude. Didn't know, you know. Got through it, you know. Yeah, I I probably asked Chip a fucking million questions before <laughs> um, before we got back. But you know, going through that just that initial experience of um being prepared for for what you're going to do yeah that specific instance changed my life yeah like for sure knowing the ins and outs of something and knowing what can go wrong how to fix it if it does go wrong um that was a very eye-opening experience for me because you know never been more alert um i pointed that gun at i flagged every <laughs> single civilian Every like, every dude on a fucking motorcycle, every guy that had a gun, he's like, ah, it's like, hey, Chip, there's a motorcycle that's coming, ah, uh, you know, that's, you know, A&P, or, like, I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I was just ready to fucking shoot somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, made it back with, you know, unscathed from that, from that one experience, but I got back, man, and it was, all I wanted to do was take apart the 50 cal put it back together take yeah. it apart put it back together and you know got with him and he he was very like I mean, he, he went to the armor corps so he was very like open to cool the guy wants to know how to operate a piece of equipment that um 
that's going to potentially save save him and his teammates' life. Yeah. So I I did I, I took a, away from that a a huge like lesson of if you're gonna fuck with something, man, know it, know yeah. what it is. Um, you, you can't always be the most prepared, but it's up to you to be as prepared as you can be. Yeah, yeah, it's <clears throat> interesting you you bring that out because it's you know I know I know I am and pretty much. Everybody that I know in this job, we are fairly comfortable when we have done what we're supposed or what, when we've done what or worked on what we are, you know, now using, but man, yeah, the, the worst thing that you can feel is getting told to do something that you've never done before, even just in training, but obviously magnified when you're going outside the actual wire in actual war zone where things are actually there. That's that there's nothing that makes you want to feel like that makes you feel small and want to make you resolve that feeling as yeah. fast as possible. It's like, dude, I mean, absolute pucker factor, right? Um, and you know, once you've had it, you don't want to have it again. Yeah. Or, you know, how shitty it feels to actually be that unprepared for something that could kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Then, uh, <clears throat> man, keep, keep coughing. Um, so on that, on that deployment, what's up? No, you're good. Oh, on, on that deployment, um, I know you had some some kind of crappy times on that uh, on that one. Um, I think that's where where we lost Tony. Correct. And, uh, you were with him, right? Correct. Um, how was that experience? Like, obviously, there's the given shitty. <laughs> the given, but. <clears throat> Besides the obvious shitty part, right? It was a another life changing moment for me, yeah. uh, for a lot of people. Um, but it was my first like real experience with a combat loss, and you know, not just one but two. You know, uh, Captain Mark Garner. He was in our uh, he was in our vehicle that day. And I mean, this is a perfect form to fucking lay it out, dude. I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it's not something that I I try and keep secret or buried deep down because I feel like it, you know, when you talk about what happened and you talk about talk about your 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 teammate, they live on. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um but it does suck. And it I think it it's always gonna suck. It's just uh, I guess suck less yeah you know the more time goes on but um that that day was it's very real i remember it like it was fucking yesterday um what led up to that day was you know a push into a, a valley just 
you know, day after day, just getting after it. And then to come back from that, um, and get hit on the way back was, was very, it was surreal. It's like, how in the fuck did that happen? We were, uh, we're coming back from a place called Fa Bailo. Was up in the middle of a fucking bowl. Like awesome place to put a put a fob. Not really. Um, but those guys were. I mean, they were getting after it every day. And so when we were able to get up there and help them, it was it was awesome. But um, the that morning we're pushing out. It's like you know four or something in the morning. Um, one of the nugs there put gas in a in a hummer which is you know not good yeah but so we ended up having to spread load that vehicle so the the infantry captain that was was with us he ended up in our vehicle and tony and i we every day we would switch off you know who gone and who drove like no matter what it was just it was no shit by chance man yeah I, not that I would have saw anything different, not that I would have done anything different. It was just by chance. Um, we were making our way back down to uh, another fob where we originated from, and then um, midday, like felt like mid-morning, you know, because after that, that whole snafu, we had to wait to spread load everything, and then it pushed our our uh our sb time probably by an hour and a half so we're not leaving at you know period of darkness anymore we're leaving in the daytime so um who know like i still don't fucking know exactly what happened yeah you know what kind of ied it was i never got to do the post blast on that i don't think they ever did one on that um they ended up dropping on it um mm. because the, the hummer was left there um so we're uh we're coming back coming down a dried riverbed you know real steep ravine and like the mountains out there are no fucking joke yeah um and which is one of the reasons why we were in a flat bottom hummer right you couldn't drive a uh jerv up that those steep embankments and yeah. risk a rollover and all this other shit but the um we're the seventh vehicle in the convoy coming back. And then, you know, last thing I remember was, you know, leaving, getting uh, ejected from the fucking turret. Um, the day before we had modified the, the, the turret, yeah. you know, the shitty hanging seats that you sit in, right? Yeah. You're, you're down there and, when you start shooting, you're standing up anyway. Right. Um, the, the seat was like way low and we just put a piece of plywood and some old ass blankets we found and duct tape around the, the, uh, the plywood and just straddled that over the opening in the turret. Oh yeah. So you're sitting in it just like a, I don't know. Uh, I mean, just like an anti-air aircraft gun yeah. and you're just sitting in the seat with your feet up on the turret because I mean, let's be honest, you're going to be up there anyway. Right. Um, so I, I still attribute that to me having 
having legs. Yeah. Right. Cause I, I went straight up, dude. It, it took the 50 cal mount off. Um, yeah, the 50 cal was on the other, other side of the road. Um, cause we were coming down an embankment when the, uh, the ID went off. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, you know, my last memory of that was, you know, boom, I go, I go up, truck keeps going. And then I was out. Yeah. I, I, I landed in the, in the blast seat, right. Chip got kicked out the, uh, the driver's side door. Miraculously, like nothing fucking happened to like, to my knowledge, like he was unscathed in, in the, as far as like serious injury, like, um, Tony, Tony died instantly. Yeah. Um, Mark, he was sitting right behind Tony and it sent him up into the roof. Yeah. And it broke his neck. He died next to me on our medevac flight out. Jeez. And I woke up, um, you know, to Chip telling me that the Tony was gone. Yeah. Um, I remember the the one four infantry medic who was his name was uh, Doc Greenley. Um, I don't know what he's up to now, but he uh, yeah, he just kept telling me he was so sorry, I'm like. And, you know, there was nothing he could fucking do about it, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I know that he carried me up uh, a mountainside to Kazavak uh, Point, and uh, Dustoff came in and picked us up, and we were out. Yeah. I mean, like a true whirlwind of experience in, in a short amount of time. Um, you know, all the IEDs and stuff that we had taken care of up to that point, it was like, you know, it was surreal that this was happening. Yeah. Right. How did the only EOD vehicle in the whole convoy get hit? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was shitty. Um, from there, you know, that, that ended, you know, ended our deployment, um, Tony's, uh, Tony's ramp ceremony, you know, those are those things that like you feel like, fuck man, I wasn't there for that. I didn't, I wasn't there for his funeral. I wasn't, you know, we ended up going back, um, later when I, when I got home, Chip and I, uh, went out and visited his family and, um, it was, you know, a little bit of closure. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like, you know, you, you want to be there for your, for your boys and not being able to, it, you're just laying in a fucking hospital. Just, you know, obviously sucking it up, but there's a, you want vindiction. You want, you know, yeah, absolutely. There is, I'd say there's a point I, it, it, there was a decision point for me. It's like, you know, 
get out and call it call it quits after this or um stay in and and uh keep fighting for it you know yeah honor your honor your boys that you lost and then continue to you know continue to push it so that was my come to jesus moment there and then never look back yeah man <clears throat> i know I, I didn't know tony but I knew you and I still know you. Um, but hey, what's up, man? I'm here. Uh, <laughs> how'd you get in here? Um, you left your back door open. <laughs> All comes full circle. <laughs> um, I remember being in, in Guam, you know, I because of my uh extra time making sure that I knew what underwater was, right? right. I'd just gotten to Guam in I think February, February, March, something like that. I don't know, but. Um, I remember when, when we heard like that was, I just, I think I just got put on a, a team and, uh, I heard what happened and whatnot and, um, and it makes on, on my end, I was like, I just freaking got here, you know, like you're not supposed to start hearing about things happening to guys, you know, that you were in class with that quick you know and then just it it makes things i think we were talking before you know we we started press record but um it makes things really i, real. I think we had like at least 45 minutes <laughs> i would agree <laughs> i should just press record right before you came in <laughs> got it all got you bitch <laughs> yeah. yeah but no it makes it makes things when you hear stuff happen it makes things really real and then it makes you kind of want to focus hard on, on the training, but, um, yeah, yeah man, uh, <clears throat> I, I mean, you, you already answered it, but I, that's one of the, one of the questions I was going to, going to ask on that is, you know, the, that decision point was there, was there one on, you know, do I keep, keep on or do I get out and, uh, I mean, like I said, you already answered that, but yeah, that I is, mean, it, but it was a very real thing. It's like, you know, fuck it. I'd, I've risked enough or, you know, yeah. but I just felt, <clears throat> I don't know. It just didn't feel like an option. Yeah. So, um, again, another turning point and in my career very early on and, um, helped me focus, you know, that much more. And it meant so much more you know, training guys, you know, let's fast forward to, to Tutu. Yeah. You know, a couple of deployments later, uh, you know, we're at, now I'm an instructor at the training unit. Um, you had asked me like, what were some, uh, really memorable times and 100% working in FTX. Yeah. You know, our final training exercise, like culmination events for, for platoons, but being surrounded by, again, a bunch of like-minded individuals that are here for the right reasons, want to put out a, a good product and, you know, train the guys that are coming after them because this shit is very real. Yeah. You, Danny, old... Mr. Mr. Amron, who, who keeps it, you know, <laughs> kept it consistent. 
uh, Adam, our crew back there was was awesome. Yeah, we were solid. It, it really was, man. We no matter what it. Hey, let's let's do this and let's fucking do it right. Yeah. Um, who else was with us? I, I don't want to leave somebody out because that. Um, me, you, Adam, Danny. Oh, thank you. Oh, Crystal Kurt, dude. Yeah. And and oh, oh, Phil, Phil himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was he was the mama hen. Always worried about <laughs> fucking everything. Still is. Love you, Phil. <clears throat> but you know having that that kind of motivation and desire to to make sure that the guys are trained and uh, ready for whatever may happen using your experience to try and um you know bestow that you know quote unquote knowledge yeah um it's even more prevalent today cuz you know that shit's not happening anymore mm-hmm. so it is you we were talking earlier there's only there's there's three kind of different experience levels and people that what were those again i don't want to uh you got this. you got the guys coming in during wartime that know somebody that, that they lost somebody they they lost somebody that they knew First firsthand yeah. yeah and then you have guys that come in during wartime um and they know of people that were lost. Basically you're coming in, you're knowing 100% that somebody that, that you or somebody you're working with could, could get killed. And then there's the non-war time where yes, somebody may get lost or, you know, somebody may, may get killed, but it's, it's training accidents where, you know, you, you, for the most part got all the things lined up to, to not make that happen. So it's, it's kind of a fluke thing or, you know, a war kicks off. That's not happening right now. So it's it's just a, there's less of a, this is just me speaking, me thinking about it. There's, there's less of a, um, I don't want to say worry, but that's kind of the only word that's coming to mind. There's less of a worry that, that, within a, the near future say legitimate concern yeah there yeah. you go yeah. um that in the near future somebody that you know or somebody that you've worked with um is is going to be killed from doing the job that we do yeah not not so much a win but if no. right right before and it was like a if not a if but when like somebody's going to exactly yeah. and it's it's not a like saying that is not saying that one thought is better than another. They're just, it's the way it is. That's, you know, when you're, you're coming in, in a time like right now where there's not really anything on the horizon, um, the, the near future yet, there's, I mean, there's things out there, but, but we're not in them yet. Right. Um, it's, it's understandable to see somebody that's not thinking about those ultimate consequences every day. Whereas when you come in and guys are constantly going to war, everybody, like, like you said, it's, it's the, if not, no, it's the when, not if my goodness, my brain don't work right. Um, <laughs> she told me to do things good. So I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. And, and I agree 
with your with your ideas on that. Yeah. Um, all the high risk training, all the the shit that we do take for granted that um like oh fuck, I fell from a helicopter at eighty feet trying to do a ninety foot fast rope. Like, oh why why are we fucking doing this? Well, because it's something we train to and and if you had to do it then then you do it. But um you don't go to work every day thinking that oh man, I may not make home today. Right. Right. Um going on a jump trip, I'd you know, it's routine. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I will speak from experience like on the home front where you have a family that's um if you were to die in a training accident, they're not ready for that. Right. Right. They're not ready for you to, to die on a deployment, but being blindsided, you know, you're in a different headspace. Like, Hey, you're, you're deploying, you're going to a shitty place. And then, you know, like we hope you make it home. Right. Right. It's not that, uh, disingenuine, but it is a more at the forefront of your thought. If you're going, it's like getting hit by a drunk driver or something on the way home. Yeah. It's so random. It's so like you've become normalized to the high risk activities, the jump and the dive and the, you know, the demo shit. Um, and to, to die in something like a training accident, it almost feels like, fuck. I mean, you, yeah, you die training for the real thing, not right. the real thing itself you can see that the hurt isn't any less when it's, when it's no. a shock, when it's in, in training, it's just, it's, you're, you're not, the, the mental space is a little, a little different because sure. I mean, you're coming at it from a different exact point of view. Like yeah. And that, that's why I say it's not a, you know, saying that isn't meaning one is the right way to think and another is the wrong way to think. It's just, no, I, I think it's just how the message is delivered. Yeah. Right. It's, um, yeah, exactly. You're, partially expecting something if you do you it's not like oh this hurts way less because i knew he could have you know or she whatever yeah you know, i want to be fucking gender gender neutral please here. please fuck that uh, it's it's not that it it hurts any less it just probably you know it hurts different yeah up front that's i, I was talking with I don't remember if I was talking on the podcast about it, but I know I was talking to, uh, I think it was uh, Elvis about it. But um, I got a piss, dude. Let's do that. Not to together. <laughs> I, I told you, you like gay shit. <laughs> oh, look at that mic etiquette. Didn't hear anything. Nailed it. You're so good. You're taking over my job soon. <laughs> Nah, dude. <laughs> hey, Kelly, uh, I'm going to start something else. She's like, the fuck you are? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. You should You should bring it up. You should say it and then record it just just you, to see the reaction. You know what she would say? She'd be like, of course you are. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, start something else. <laughs> start another project. and That's kind of what Michelle said when I started this or told her I was going to do this. She's just kind of like, essentially dismissed me in the like, okay. Like, and the okay said so many more words than just okay. 
<laughs> don't, don't they always? Yeah. <laughs> what? I just said, okay. Like, <laughs> did you though? <laughs> like your face said 12 other things. Yeah. <laughs> and none of them were nice. <laughs> I said, okay, Harry. No, I'm just kidding, dude. She, she really, segue, right? Yeah. Not an easy position to be in, right? Constantly dealing with our fucking scattered scattered brains. I feel like you should, you know what? You should do that. An episode dedicated to uh, the life of the EOD wife. That would be, I actually, I thought about that. And Care, I was like, careful. <laughs> I wonder, I know Michelle wouldn't do it, but I was like, if I could convince Michelle to host that, dude, that would be amazing. And it would just be, it'd probably be like a 15 hour episode though. And they would just be like, he sucks because of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. He's the worst person ever. <laughs> but not really. Yeah. You know, yeah. But kind of. They, they love us ish. <laughs> Excuse me. Did you say ish? <laughs> no, I said they love our shit ish. <laughs> um, no. Nah, without, I mean, they, they come into the fold, you know, a little later in, in the story. But, um, dude. Life would not be the same yeah. without him, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I actually really think that one of the best things that could have happened to me, just because I know who I am and how focused I get, was that I did not know Michelle, and I was not married, and I did not have kids personally, because... How were you not going to have kids personally? That's a good point. I professionally had kids. You're a fucking snail, dude. It was, <laughs> <laughs> no, like when I first started EOD, because I was very, very focused on that. I actually met her uh, before my first deployment, and we started dating. We've been dating. So we actually started dating February 14th of 2010. My first deployment was... Uh, the end of 2010 and right before I went out on a carrier we'd been dating for a little while and ops was like hey do you want to go to Sri Lanka and I was like yes they're like do you, do you want to know when it is and I was like I don't really care <laughs> I, yes I want to go yeah. <laughs> um, and they're like well okay so it'd be I don't know two weeks long or something like that. And you'd get back and then you'd leave on deployment. The next, like you'd have a week and then you leave on deployment. And I was like, okay. They're like, all right. And so then I told her and she's like, but really, you, you're going to be gone and then you're going to come back for a week and then you're going to leave. I'm like, yep. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my mind was not focused on anything else other than me and doing this job. And like, some people, like like you were talking about back in school, some people were, had families going through school and whatnot. I'm so glad I didn't because I, even, this is terrible, but I don't even tell the story, but um, I just did not care about anyone or anything but me and EOD at the beginning. And maybe that would have been different if I actually had a family and, you know, knew yeah, them I mean. <laughs> personally. <laughs> But, I mean, you set yourself up for that position, right? To be, yeah. to be single it just didn't didn't happen that you had a family at that time. Yeah, I don't think you'd have been a piece of shit to him, but probably not as prepared as you were when you did have him. Still kind of mediocre, but 
You are a hard trier, man. <laughs> and that's what I love about you. <laughs> no. um, man, uh, so where were we prior to uh, mini vacation? Say what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where were we prior to our mini vacation? The, uh, the, the piss reprieve? Yes, exactly. Um, I think we were, you know, through the... We are actually talking about Tutu and how that... Oh, yes. Uh, just being surrounded by such a good group. Yeah. It, it kept telling me, it's like, you know, taking a step back and not, not being able to deploy was something that was, like, I didn't want to stop. Dude. Yeah. I, I wanted to keep, keep going, keep going. But it was, it was good for me to to slow down and I did start a family, you know, Yeah, Kelly and I, we got married and, you know, uh, 20, 2012, we had our wedding, but just like most folks and, yeah. uh, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's bound to come out. I'm, everybody knows it. We, we did a justice of the peace first. Yeah. Right? It's kind of cool. We got married on our, front steps of the house we bought and nice and then i deployed eight days later yeah <laughs> <laughs> see ya and it was you know at that point and like i wasn't living just for me anymore it was like yeah. she is that's when she's she was part of that initial foundation of our family and it's just grown and grown and grown you know one kid two kid um different challenges in life and now you know we're here that i don't do it justice by by summing it up like that but yeah. you know she's been a constant figure for you know the better half of my career yeah so um i know there's not a you know a ton of accolade and um praise and you know awards and shit for the the job they do back at home, but it's such a, uh, necessary function. Yeah. That I don't know that I could do it, you know, nearly to the degree that, you know, she does. Yeah. Which is, it's good to not have to think or worry about that back at home. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that, that, cause I was just talking to Michelle about that and I was like, you know, I'm going to say, that I, I can't do your job. And that's not entirely true because when we're forced to be in that position, you, you somehow do it, well, yeah. but I can 100% say, I don't want that job. <laughs> like it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work on, on that part. It's a lot of mental like strain because of who we are <laughs> as <Yeah>. people. <laughs> I can, I agree with you saying, not saying I don't want that job because I, I do, I think you would find fulfillment in it. Like, no. Hey, I could, uh, but I wouldn't do it as well. Yeah. That's that, yeah. for sure. I mean, it would, there wouldn't be the level of nurturing or the little tiny details. Oh, every time you go in your drawers, like the laundry's always done. <laughs> Not nah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> she would be six feet high and then I'd knock it out in one just because 
why. Yeah. Um, she is super organized almost to a fault, dude. Like when something's out of place, it throws her for a loop. And, you know, me being at home now is a nice adjustment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a transition just like anything else. Yeah, it's funny. You, you mentioned her being super organized, right? I think we we tend to, like, pick and choose when we're, like, super organized. Not necessarily consciously, but I think back to FTX. And man, we all, like, it, it seemed like every single person when we were there had our, our own project. And, you know, we had our area of interest and then our project inside of that area of interest. And so we had our, our day job, all the stuff we had to get done for, for the division as a whole. And then we knew how we were going to get our project done. And we were very organized in that and would say, Hey, I need, I need three guys to help me tomorrow. Cause I need this done. And this is when it's available. And yeah, I, I can think of multiple projects that Adam had and like different guys. And, you know, again, if there are any wives listening to this or significant others, we don't do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a, we can claim like, Oh, sorry. That's just the, that's just the way I am. Or that's just the way it is. Like it, it's, it's by choice. Yeah, for sure. If you had to be, organized for the you would be but it's comes down to that like priority of you know shit that you got to do yeah. shit that yeah it it can be done or yeah, if that doesn't get done today i don't care yeah <laughs> and that's it that comes you know the give and take of being married too it's like hey this is super important to them but like but i don't give it that that much attention so seems like I don't care. Yeah. Which, I mean, to a degree I don't, but I do care how it affects them. So, right. you know, try to put a little more effort in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. It is. It is, yeah. Um, we were going somewhere with after FTX, and mm -hmm. this is not like my, my fucking bio, right? This <laughs> is no, that's yeah, um, yeah, whatever you want to talk about. The you know, I guess fast forward to I don't know, missing stuff along the way. You know, like the speaking about loss and you know mm -hmm. the other casualties that we've had along the way because there have been quite a few in our tenure here not not saying we had the most not saying we had the least but it was um very profound um been to funerals of a lot of a lot of my teammates and um you know guys that i knew and it's it's a very real thing and it's it's actual loss that you, you process deal with and um jumping around a little bit like actually dealing with that shit now and being able to process and start, you know, understanding what, what was suppressed for 
to be able to maintain focus and do your job and make sure that you're not uh, short stroking some of the guys that are being trained by you so that you can, you know, give them a fair shake when they're in that position. Um, So that was, that was super important for me then, but now it's, I do, I want to make sure that I'm giving myself some, some time to process shit. And I, I jumped right into, right into work. Yeah. I, I went actually while I was still working, I was, I started my next venture yeah. of, you know, quick, uh, quick plug for the, uh, for the new biz. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I got my, my mortgage license in 2015 and just while I was at the training unit, just to have something on the side, uh, some of my neighbors, um, put me in touch with, uh, the company and I was working with them very sporadically. It wasn't a full, full on, you know, mortgage gig, but I wanted to do something with real estate when I got out. So this was a great segue for that. Found, you know, found out that it wasn't really doable for me anyway to do my job, deploy, train, come back, you know, do all that shit with having a full-time, you know, I guess a mortgage business on the side. Yeah. But so I, the company was awesome. They, they let me just maintain my license there. And then when I got, you know, made the choice to retire, you know, talked with uh, our branch manager, Aaron uh, Gerana, and just told him, yeah, dude, I'm coming on you know, 100% June 1st. That's awesome. And I didn't, I wasn't set to retire until September 30th. So, yeah. uh, onboarding there, you know, off-ramping from the military, which I can't say enough, where take that time and invest, you know, in yourself and your, your family, because once that machine kicks you out, dude, they're going to keep rolling without batting an eye. Not saying that you need to fuck them over by any means, but take the time to take care of your personal uh, necessities. Yeah. Because, I mean, they've gotten what they wanted out of you. Now, I mean, make sure that you you set yourself up for success on the outside. Yeah. But anyway, going, going to work for Veterans United full-time, man, it's allowed me a lot of flexibility. Like, I'm, again, drinking through a fire hose with learning a new business, a new industry, but it's 180 out from what I was doing. But the networking, the organizational shit, the priority of, you know, what needs to happen now, like all that stuff is very useful yeah. and not freaking out. It, you know, you how fragile our society is, and I don't want to get too deep in that, but, you know, the small problems that, will fucking ruin somebody's day. Yeah. Seem like so surface level. It it just like what have you actually been through in your life to challenge you to be able to deal with adversity when yeah. you're losing your shit because someone so called you this or you can't get this done so you're melting down. It's like that that's gotta suck. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. It's like man you I feel bad for you that, you know, 
your your skin's that thin. Yeah. Um it's been awesome. Like the 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 company itself is they're great. They they take care of their their vets, man. Um I'm able to still work with a lot of my veteran communities. Um which I had very personal relationships with and getting to, you know, help them understand like a VA benefit, right? Yeah. Something very, oh yeah, you're in the Navy, you get to use your VA loan. Well, yeah, what what do you, what does that mean to you? And how do you do it the right way so that you're setting yourself up for, you know, success later on in life? Yeah. Um, had I known about it earlier on, it would have been a much better option I think for a lot of us, man, like think about if you would have bought a house down in, in Niceville when you were going to school and then you've been renting it out for the last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Just think about it. It would have been, you went to Guam, right? You weren't using your, you know, you were making more money than you probably knew what to do with yeah. it. And you could have somebody paying your rent for you. And then buy a nicer house down there and rent it out. So every time we go to the memorial, we got some places. <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't think about us. <laughs> no, that, that's a hundred percent true. I, I mean, uh, just recently I was talking with, with somebody about exactly that, that like, and if I would have been just a little bit more proactive, smarter about not smarter in the sense that I'm dumb, but smarter in, what is actually out there that I could have been taking advantage of for 16 years. Yeah. You know? I, mean, I wouldn't say smarter, just, you know, more aware or yeah, educated yeah. on, on benefits that, you know, yeah, you have them, but it was never really a point to highlight that. Yeah. Or I don't remember ever in my, uh, my 21 years getting like actual education on the, your VA loan. Right which could catapult you for when you actually get out. Like, look what I've been able to do for the last, exactly. you know, 16, 17 years. Yeah. Um, so that's a very rewarding thing that able to do and getting better with it every day. Um, trying to find different forums to where you group guys together and, and teach them about real estate investment. And that's my, that's my long-term goal Yeah, is to have my own, real estate investment company and then uh look for that mailbox money dude yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah i've got a goal of not working after 50 so we'll see uh see how that goes i don't know if i'll be able to sit still but <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I think that the key is not having to work and then doing setting yourself up so that you can do whatever you want yeah if what you want brings in 10k a month or a year or a month. I mean, a month would be better, but you know, it'd be awesome to, to set yourself up to where you can literally just do whatever you want. I mean, that's the, that's the goal. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Or that's my goal. Yeah. I, I want that financial freedom where it's not a, um, it's not a burden. It's not always at the forefront of my thought. Like there's no financial stress there to eat away at our relationship. Like, Oh, we can't, take a trip because we're so strapped for cash that yeah our kids are not able to experience stuff 
Like, do I want to raise a bunch of spoiled little assholes? No. <laughs> right. You know, I want them to appreciate and, and understand what they have is, you know, through being smart with your money, being uh, a contributing member of society and just being a good person. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand too, I, I want to open those, like have those doors open for them. Yeah. That, Hey, if you want to go down this way, you can. Um, I, I heard an awesome description of like exactly what you're talking about. So they, they said, somebody said, um, I don't want to give my kids everything that I didn't have. I want to teach them everything I'd never learned. Cause if you do that, like what you're talking about, having teaching them about how to look for those doors that, that can open. Yeah. You're, you're not giving them all the money in the world to be able to just run around and do whatever they want, but teaching them how to, from an early age, set themselves up so that when they get to a point where that door can be opened, that over the time, you know, whatever, whenever they start working, whenever they start thinking about all that stuff until, you know, they get to that point. I mean, if they can be at that point at 30 that we were at, at 50, I mean, yeah. you've, you've won as a parent for sure. I mean, if they are able to capitalize or just learn to capitalize on their, their situations, like that's a, yeah, that's a win. And maybe financial success is not what they like, just because it is for me, you know, I don't want that to be their driver. Maybe they want to right. be a, a fucking hippie and do like nation, you know, national missions from uh, Red Cross to, you know, whoever's project, you know, yeah. go for it if it makes you happy. Right. But don't be a dummy. Like don't do it just because you're, it's by choice. It's not by, yeah. because I'm not intelligent enough to, to think about what I want to do. Well, and even if you want to do something like that, you can't do that and be in massive amounts of debt. No. So teaching them early on how to like set themselves up so that, okay, I don't want this awesome job or whatever opportunity that financially most people may want, but I want to do the, the hippie thing. Like you, like you said, yeah, yeah. cool. You're set up because you're not tied to anything. That's, that's an excellent way to dad. I really want to go and, you know, smoke some peyote with, uh, with the Indian tribes, I'm like, I'm, all right, well, how you getting there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, I want to go to, you know, South America and go on an ayahuasca journey. Like, okay, cool. Can I come? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously when they're of age. Yes, of course. Right. But it's, uh, it's good. Those are just like life lessons that I didn't have some super terrible childhood that, you know, I wasn't beaten and abused and all that other shit, but you know, it was, it could have been better for sure. Yeah. But trying to, just like you said, I don't want to give my kids everything. I want them to appreciate and work for stuff that, and you know, the way that we're raising our kids are to be contributing, not mm -hmm. just sitting there with your fucking hand out waiting for it to be, you know, filled. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> fill your own hand and then try and fill somebody else's while you're at it. 
uh, I believe is a good just thought process. Yeah. Um, handling adversity, handling struggle, like all that stuff. Like the more you do that at an early age, in my opinion, you have a better chance of not folding into a, you know, the first side of adversity. Right. Yeah. That's definitely something that, you know, I mean, I think a lot of the people that are drawn to EOD are drawn there because of the, because they know they're going to be placed in, in adversity's path. And I I don't know. I, when I came in, I knew I needed something that made enough money to pay for my portion of the house that was purchased. Um, but I wanted something physically and mentally tough. That, that was, those were the three requirements. I mean, you were, you were a glutton for punishment (laughs) from the, the moment I met you. That's very true. I mean, you, you ran like a fucking cheetah, right? You were as skinny as this microphone (laughs) stand. (laughs) And you know, that was a, you were already into pushing yourself to do something more. And I think that's, it's a commonality between a lot of EOD techs is that you want to attack that next, next ridgeline. You want to, have a challenge that most see, you know, unachievable or experience things that's, you know, pain that's unfathomable. Like, Hey, I'm going to sign up to get kicked in the nuts for, I don't know, year and a half and then continue, you know, to do that as a career. Right. You know, but it's, it is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, because we're kind of drawn to that and then EOD gives you everything that you wanted with adversity and more. Um, and then, you know, being able to transfer those lessons to your kid is, is really, I think it's, it's very helpful, you know, cause yeah, just like you said, I, I don't want my kids to grow up when they, you know, when they're trying to learn to ride a bike and they can't quite get the, the pedaling down that may be an actual thing that just happened in the last couple of years, getting all frustrated. You're like, no, no dude, you're, I know you're frustrated, but you're not going to frustrate, get frustrated and give up. You're going to get frustrated and that's going to give you the motivation to learn how to do it so that you're not frustrated anymore. Yeah. I mean, you learn to deal with doing shit that's hard and being okay with it. Yep. And the more you normalize yourself to that, I think that's where every deployment I would come back and time after time, like I, I had less and less patience for, um, people's common everyday problems. Yeah. Like so-and-so didn't like me on fucking Instagram. Like I sent him a picture and I didn't get a like, so does he not like me? And I listen to this shit. I'm like, what is fucking wrong with you? Yeah, like you are living yourself, living your life at somebody else's expense, right? They're dictating how you feel about your situation. Um, the challenges, the everyday challenges that that people have been exposed to, like 
to does everyone need to walk uphill both ways to school to you know change out the cardboard in their shoes and all that other shit like no like that i think that's idiotic but to have no frame of reference of what you have available to you and what sacrifice and sacrifices have been made to allow you this opportunity i, I feel like on a society level we're losing that um correlation yeah and you know that's how i guess history tends to repeat itself because you forgot where you came from and how you got there um you know reading books and like i'm a terrible reader i can listen to books but man to sit down and fucking read something is like yeah. drilling a hole in my foot <laughs> <laughs> my uh my wife makes fun of me because i I'll have a book sitting by the bed. She's like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> Calling you out. hundred <laughs> percent. She's like, huh. she's like, what is it? Is that your sleeping pill? <laughs> it is, dude. <laughs> I'll start reading. I've read the same chapter 12 times. Still don't know what it says. <laughs> so I had to buy Jordan Peterson's uh, uh, 12 rules. Yeah. I had to buy it on audiobooks because... I went on three different deployments. No shit, dude. Three different deployments with that same book. And I never read it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's, <dumb. laughs> it's kind of fucking sad. Oh, that's great. I mean, um, one of my guys gave it, gave it to me. When people tell me, oh, how many books have you read? Um, I just had a conversation with a coworker yesterday or the day before. The day before it was Friday, Friday or Thursday last week. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe five or six. I'm like, it's January fucking 25th. Like, how do you, how have you read five books so far? And I felt like <laughs> smaller as a person. I'm like, oh my God, dude, I need to step my game up. <laughs> like I've listened to, I listened to a lot. Yeah. But that counts these days. That counts. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If you can talk about what's in the book, you read I, the book. Yeah, it's contextual, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, if I can speak to it, and yeah, I don't need to read all your words, Mr. Arthur. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably be more informed, but there's, that goes back to, like, how many, how many forges do you have in the fire? Right. It's like, I often, I, I want to do a lot. Like, that's my, I feel mm -hmm. like that's my nature. Like, if we do something, I want to do it big. Yeah. You know? If we're in underwater and we want to sing a fucking song and, you know, <laughs> while we're out treading water, <laughs> that's what we're doing, you know? Oh, um, yeah. If we want to, you know, run through a, you know, run a race, you know, holding jams on our shoulder the whole time, that's what we're doing. I mean, it's, yeah, I guess that's uh, whatever I do. I want it. I want to do it the best I can. Yeah. Um, but have fun with it though. Like maximize fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a few things in life that you kind of just do because you have to do them. But outside of those very few things, what do stuff that you can have fun with? Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. include work. Like you enjoy what you're doing now, you know, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Right. Why well, <laughs> like, do it? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I would 
again, another, another plug, you know, like the honor foundation, it is, it's a organization that's there to help guys figure out their next chapter. Uh, most guys don't know what they want to do when they get out. I didn't a hundred percent. I had a direction that I was gravitating towards, and that's a word, right? Gravitating. Yeah, yeah. Um, go back and edit this for all my <laughs> my made up words, but it's something that I had an interest in, so it helped me solidify that because you know they they take you through like a basically a semester in night school of finding out what your interests are, what you're naturally driven to, what your strengths and weaknesses are, and then how to apply your skill sets that you've spent the last however many years creating and applying them to the civilian sector. Okay. Um, which was really cool. It's, it's eye-opening to see the, the difficulty that like middle management, middle to upper level management is having throughout the corporate world with people just not being problem solvers, not being self-starters and in the special operations communities that, you know, we are surrounded by, there's a commonality of, you know, getting shit done, not being, you know, super focused on the minutia and, you know, that 80%, 85% solution that, yeah. Hey, this is good enough for now. Like we're pushing the ball down the field. Um, I'm not hung up because I don't know how to load the fucking printer. Like it's not yeah. m- melting my, melting my day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, those types of things are, are very sought after. And when you learn how to properly network, which you've most likely been doing your whole career. Right. Um, but how to be focused like laser focused in that, like not just, oh, you know, well, I'm just going to talk to this guy and see what happens. No, like you're intentionally doing it. I'm talking to this guy to, or this girl, I'm meeting with this company to either confirm or deny the, the presence of (laughs) interest, you know? Yeah. That's, I've got a buddy that I was talking to him, uh, right around Christmas time. And he, uh, he, so he works, I, I don't even know exactly what company he works for anymore, but, um, he was telling me he, he was working. He's essentially like a, a sales project lead. Um, and he had a guy and he's like, Hey, uh, they, the company that he works for, they've got all these batteries and he wanted, um, it's specific like Toyota batteries, right? The Toyota makes the batteries for whatever product there is. Right. And, uh, so they want to transition. He wanted them to transition to, um, a lithium version and because it would, it would save weight. And there are some problems that come with that, you know, in military term has decks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah. So there's some problems with that. And there's the, the biggest problem was that they can't afford to transition all at once. Cause it, it costs a lot. Right. So he's like, Hey, 
told told this guy, hey, I need you to go figure out if there is a charging solution that can do our lead azide batteries or whatever whatever it is, um, and the lithium. And so the guy, I think lead acid, lead acid, yeah, not lead, lead azide. There's something else that has that. Yeah, ED <laughs> on the brain. Um, it's cool, baby. I got you. <laughs> appreciate it. Still got um, it. Still got it. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That'd be interesting to have a lead azide battery. You know, I don't think it'd be very safe, but yeah, hey, yeah probably not. Who knows? Um, um, start your car. <laughs> right. It'll work once. You get, yeah, you get one start. That's it. Um, so his guy goes out, comes back, and is like, "They don't. There's nothing out there." He's like, "What do you mean? There's nothing out? There's got to be something out there." You know, like, "Where where'd you look?" And he's like, you know, "I I look everywhere." So. He took it on himself and basically Googled it. You know, like this is what this is the battery requirements. This is the charging requirements. Google enter. Found a couple things that might be it. Picked up the phone, called him. This is what I want. This is what I have. This is what I want. This is where I want to go. Do you have something that fits the bill? First, first one that he talked to. Yep, we've got that. Goes back to his dude, you know, calls him in. It's like, hey, I found this with very little effort. The dude's super apologetic. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, where did you look? He's like, well, I called Toyota. Like, oh, you called one place, the place that gives us the one thing that we have right now, and then you ended your search? Like, come on, dude. You, <laughs> you mean they don't want to outsource, you know? Exactly. Take money away from their company? <laughs> exactly. And he was like, you know, you're doing a great job in, in most things, but you can't, when I ask you to like go out and, and get something, you have to get out there and like search. You have to do some due diligence and then come back with like, like don't just take the first no and be like, well, it's not there. <laughs> but I mean, you've, you've trained new guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, some guys are, you know, self-starters and need very little, you know, more or less, you know, you give them their left and right limits and set it and forget it. Yep. Then there's some that you need just a little push. And then you have some that are, even though they are EOD techs and they've made it through EOD school, you're still like, how the fuck did you make it to yeah. EOD school? Yeah. But they're probably because they're hard triers, right? Right. They'll, they'll try real hard. They, you, you give them, Hey, go do this. They're going to fucking do it. Um, and then the introspection, like, Hey, how could I have facilitated that guy doing a better job or, and going back to like that intrusive leadership and being able to see a problem, identify the problem. And then, you know, course correct for that guy to, to give him the understanding. It, does it take a little more time? Yeah. Is it, do you spend 80% of your time on 20% of the problem? <laughs> Sometimes you do. Yeah. Because the other shit is, you know, self-governing. But when you, when you have that aha moment or you have that, um, hey, that appreciation for the time that you're putting in, that shit is, dude, it's gold. Yeah. Um, selfishly, it's, it is very rewarding, you know, having, having young guys reach back out to you like, Hey, I, I understand now why I felt like you were a dick to me, or maybe I, I was a dick to you because you were a pain in the ass or, or whatever. But seeing that 
you know, and being thankful that you didn't give up on them or you were, you know, you saw the writing on the wall for them and you're not going to fix everybody or help everybody. And I think it's naive to, to think that, but you know, you give your, what you consider your best effort. Um, Having that come back full circle is, it's cool. It's happened a couple of times, you know, just getting text messages or or phone calls of just like, Hey man, want to say sorry for for being a piece of shit to you (laughs) because I felt like you had it out for me, but you were only looking out for me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we all, dude, everybody makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Made a couple. Yeah. Probably make a few more. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, my my first senior chief, I had to, uh, I didn't have to, but I did. I was actually going through old emails. I, I don't know what I was looking for, but I ran into this old message that I sent him saying, like, exactly what you're saying sorry I was the way I was, <laughs> you know, I appreciate everything you did. You know, I, we were, we were supposed to go when, when we first teamed up, we were supposed to go to Iraq and then it being at five, you know, last in first out. <clears throat> so we went to a carrier, um, slight, slight change, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, we're training to go there and all the training that he gave was, was solid. We, worked a lot. We worked a lot of late, late nights for a reason. Right. Um, that really wasn't the problem that I had, but then I, I did and said things and luckily Nate grabbed me and moved me away from him because like you said, I was very small, uh, thin. Everybody was bigger, but he was a lot bigger than me. And, uh, luckily he moved me away and, then you know, after over time, can like, you, can you say his name? Who? Who's your senior chief? Uh, Rob Fisher. Fish? <laughs> big fish. <laughs> That's a big fish to be fucking with, there. Yeah, I was an idiot. <laughs> we were all sitting down yeah, uh, dumb, in a, in another huge. country, and uh, for some reason, I decided to get a little mouthy, and he just got real quiet. And that's when Nate was like, "Hey, drunk, come sit over here." <laughs> Moved me away, and then, uh, but you know, there's there's not just that but it it definitely put a a, a a rift between and you know in at the eventually i knew i was wrong like right out the gate like most of us do you know but i'm gonna keep fucking yeah going. exactly <laughs> I, i'm, I'm too stubborn yeah. you know i'm too stubborn to actually out loud admit and do something about it but eventually it's like man yeah even though everything is past, I owe it to him to tell him, like to actually let him know that I know I was wrong. And so I, I sent him a message and, you know, I wasn't man enough to do it in person, but uh, <laughs> I feel like now I would be, but back then I wasn't, he was still way bigger. I was scared. He, he wouldn't take it. My apology. <laughs> he probably still is way bigger. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> you're not fucking six one and like two forty, bro. Yeah. That dude's That's true. his wrists were like bigger than my cat. Yeah. He was a big boy. Yeah, he was. He all, was. all natural. <laughs> yeah, all natural. All natural. Sorry, Rob. I don't I don't know if you were or not. You're just a big motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, that's that's funny. It it 
the uh just having the wherewithal to to go back and realize that stuff and you know try and right wrongs and let uh let the people know that influence your life like they they did it and here's the outcome and i think that's fulfillment for both them and 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 you it's it's growth as a person um when i was uh and this is something that when you go to retire i think you'll do a lot of retrospection of the the people who were meaning meaningful in your life and when you asked me that in that questionnaire you sent me it's like how much time you got because yeah. I, I feel like I've um, made so many lasting relationships um, that a lot of them are very, very genuine. Like I remember spe- specific incidences and things that, that brought me close to a lot of people over my, over my, my tenure and um, hope to continue to, to keep doing that. Cause it's, it, it's rewarding for me. Yeah. I like it when, if I'm able to help somebody and, and leave a, a lasting good impression, uh, it's, I don't feel like, you know, there, there's being a, a fucking kiss ass and like, Oh no, please just, just like me Yeah, because you know, I'm, I'm emotionally fragile. And I, <laughs> I want you to like me. No, but there's there's that, and then there's a, like, hey, what's up? That's me. I forgot to turn that off. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I just saw you look at it, so I looked at it. <laughs> um, there is a desire to, like, just I want to help people and hopefully leave the place better than I found it. Yeah. Um. So that is, it, it's super rewarding and I, I do, I, I, sh- I strive for that. And sometimes to a fault, like going back to trying to do too many things and letting things slip and constant reevaluation of, you know, what do I have going on? Like, am I, am I dropping this ball, you know, a little too much? Well, should I have this ball in my hand at all? Just yeah. drop it. Cause if it's not in, feel like the the older we get the the more focused or the more important our time is to us because that's really the yeah. only finite thing right it's, it's time watching your kids grow looking at things that you've missed uh understanding where your time is best spent because if somebody's emotionally dragging you down or just like every time you talk to me like oh fuck so-and-so is calling like are you able to take that situation and elevate it, or is it just always going to be an anchor to you? And then, yeah. so sometimes you got to divorce your friends or you know separate from people that are a constant just drain. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I'm no psychologist, but it it seems to to make sense. Yeah. No, I would say a hundred percent, you know, as, as you're saying that I'm thinking back to, you know, like I said, when I first came into EOD, got to my first Mulvey in it, wasn't married, didn't have kids, 
all my time was my own. So I could spend it on whatever I wanted. I could do a lot more things. And then, like you said, as, as you get older, one, your responsibilities at work increase. So then that just naturally increases time. But, you know, I think about how do I manage my day right now? You know, I, I get up super early um, just because my body doesn't like me. <laughs> um, but wake up. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, four, four thirty, if I'm lucky, five, um, wake up and then what am I going to do with that, that morning time? Like I, that, that is an all me time. And then with the family, you get kids and all that stuff. And then, uh, and then you got work and then you come home and then you got kids and then, you know, it just keeps like, what do you do with the evening? How much time do you spend with the family? Cause you want to spend time. I do. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, like I said, I wake up early. So how late do I stay up after the kids go to bed to try and do things for me? Or do I just go to bed because I know I'm going to wake up early? <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, it does, man. Your, your day fills up as you get older. Yeah. I mean, you take more shit on your plate and your plate doesn't really grow that yeah. much. You just segment it a little more. And I think that's one of the difficult things of coming off of active duty where you're super structured you know, there is, it's a linear progression. You have, you know, your next ridge line that you need to meet yeah. to, to advance, you know, your next wicket you got to hit for being ready to deploy, whatever, like all that shit's lined out for you. And when you, when you leave, well, guess what? Like there's that structure is up to you. Yeah. Um, it could, I think it can be a little daunting or a little, scary like oh fuck man what do i do um you get to write your own script now yeah you know where where it goes what you plan on doing with it how you want to execute this chapter versus that chapter if um i felt like because i'm i'm going to do that i'm going to do something that it's riskier for me but it's in my my mind it's it's still that no fail feast or famine type mission set. So I don't have an option to fail. Yeah. Um, that is, and whatever I need to do to get there, that's, but where is there? You know, yeah. I was just having this conversation with my wife the other night. And, uh, where, where are we trying to get like that clearly defined goal of what success is to us? I'm very financially focused on, oh, I want to have enough money to do whatever I want and go wherever I want, do all this shit, but at what cost? Yeah. You know, what, what is X amount uh, that we need to, to bring in? And that, that comes down to, you know, being diligent and spending and uh, budgeting and all that other stuff. But like, I just want to go for it and see how far can I go? Yeah. And, this short amount of time do something that I love not at the cost of you know failing relationships and neglecting people and all that other stuff but when I get to work with the people that I like 
by choice, not yeah. because I fucking have to. <laughs> um, that is a liberating feeling. Yeah. And you can let it control you or or you're in the driver's seat now, take control yeah. of you know, the smaller parts of your life. Um, it's it's a fun thing. And I talked to some guys that are, you know, on the on the verge of getting out. Like, oh, man, I have, I have no fucking clue. I'm, I'm scared, so I'm probably just going to stand. Like, say what? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. Like, <laughs> not because you have to, but because right. you want to, right? Yeah. And if you don't want to, then don't. There's that set up for success, you know, do your homework, give your, give yourself time to, uh, Oh, I can't because of this. Okay. We're fucking excuse factories. I have a one, uh, I got told one time that, you know, I was going through a debrief on something and he's like, dude, you're a fucking excuse matrix. <laughs> Like you have all the reasons why you didn't do, you know, something or why this happened. Like, just shut up and take it. Like, okay, yeah, got it, got it. I mean, again, another turning point in the road. Yeah, fuck, man, I I never thought about about it like that. I didn't have that, um, that tough love, you know. Yeah, given there, it's like, hey, man. Just shut the fuck up and take it. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Wish I would have thought about myself. <laughs> you know, the reason why I didn't think of it. Like that, yeah. See what had happened was. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I've I've seen that and and been been that. I think we all have, you know, at some yeah. point. Until somebody You're young and stupid. And yeah. Thinking that you know everything. Exactly. And it, I mean Yeah, that's that's so funny. Because sometimes too, like I think the thing that uh, I I learned, I can't remember when I learned it, but on that subject right there is unless you, unless what you're about to say as your excuse, like drastically changes what the person telling you is it, unless it changes something on their end, just keep it to yourself and you can you can then catalog all the stuff they're telling you, and then you go back. It's like when you do a masterboard. So the yeah. way the way I did a masterboard, and I remember, oh, brother, I've been there. Yeah, uh, one or three times. I don't know. <laughs> I I remember the day before. I believe it was the day before my masterboard. I did my final briefs, and um, one of the guys brought up why my plan was stupid. <laughs> And I had told myself, and, and I stayed true to this the whole time. I was like, okay, I'm not arguing my point on anything during my pre-boards. I'm just taking in all the information. And then I go back and I sit down and I, okay, their plan, like the way, the way they w explained the problem that I had, right? If I change it and go towards what they're saying is the better answer the positives and the negatives. And then I keep it positives and negatives. And if my positives outweigh theirs, 
I don't change anything. I just stick with it and I get all my reasons even tighter. But if their positives outweigh mine, meaning that means it's actually the better answer. And then I just make sure I know why. And then I, I move on and turns out his was way better answer. Like <laughs> the safety that I was keeping, but not actually keeping kind of, kind of a big deal. Definitely would have been a board failure. Um, but coming back from that and like, I just kept my mouth shut. I didn't explain why my idea was so great. Just kept my mouth shut, put down his reasons. And then on my own went back and then you can take that. And I think that kind of, kind of lines up with what you're saying. Like, yeah, it is. It's a fact that, you know, you don't know everything. Yeah. Right. And being able to decipher what, what is or isn't a good idea. Well, that's, I feel like that's your intelligence and experience levels, you know, coming through and you're in a master board scenario, you're given what's the seemingly impossible task to think about everything that could go wrong every step of the way from start to finish and brief that to a board of five or six dudes and then a couple hecklers in the back uh why your way is the way uh, and think about in the simplest terms that's what a master board is yep. you know you have to justify your actions and why you did what you did and did you put anybody in unnecessary risk or, you know, expose them to a situation that, that shouldn't have been there because you created it. Right? And then the more you can put yourself into that scenario and in, into that first person point of view, and like, yeah, I did it because of this. It shows that you were thinking through the, the real possibilities of what could have gone wrong. And I didn't, I didn't approach my master board from that mindset the first two times. Yeah. I, I really didn't. It, I was like, I failed. I failed twice. The board that I was presented to, I, I failed. And that cost me a lot. Yeah. Right. It cost me to, from the fucking, what I considered at the time, the apex of my career. Like I had, you know, I was there, did it select whatever like i made it yeah then flicked off the fucking mountaintop dude and that's where you have to you know deal with adversity and overcoming like yeah. you know, your own personal shit of why you're where you are so having such experience with master boards like i took them on as a like, there is a a formula that you can give guys on what the master board actually is. So when guys came to me for advice on how do I do this or how do I approach this? I'm like, the more real you can make it to yourself, the more believable you were going to be and that you've thought through the pros and cons of this. Like yeah. you're not just hitting wave to, Oh, well my favorite thing, dude. Oh man, the, the Kim condom, man, I'll just do that and fucking, you know, one sixty it takes it away. And like, oh, it's like, <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking stop it. Because <laughs> you know this much of what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm making a very small gesture with my fingers. Because, <laughs> and it's like, hey, some of these situations are made to be impossible for, for good reason. It's like, where do you start and stop? 
right. do you know enough to get yourself in trouble and not to get out of it? Or do you really understand your, your piece in the puzzle? Yeah. And that was the biggest thing you, you don't know how much you don't know until you don't know it. I follow a triple negative. So it's back to a negative. So yeah, you're good. Yeah. I mean, I just came up with that. (laughs) (laughs) Copyrighted. Yeah. So, uh, you heard it, heard it here first, folks. Um, it's just one of those things that I am, I'm outside of my, my comfort zone. Don't know exactly what this is. I'm going to do my best to, to research it and, and, and put myself right there in that position. And then either argue my point that, Hey man, you gave me a scenario that doesn't fucking work and you were just lazy, <laughs> you know, cause there's a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, let's just rinse and repeat this scenario because uh, I have no clue what it's about, but I'm too fucking lazy to write one myself. So uh, we'll just throw this in there. And when when they come and ask me for for answers, I'll be like, well, you tell me. <laughs> well, why don't you know that? It looks like you need to find that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's Hearing that is almost as like jarring as hearing a buzzer now. Cause it just happens so much. And yeah. every time you hear that, not every time, but when you hear that with a certain tone, you're like, this dude has no idea what the answer is. He's got it. Check. Yeah. Okay. Never come ask you for anything. Okay, good. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> like actual advice now. All right. Oh, that's yeah. funny. It, it's, it's funny, but it's at the same time, it's like, it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, the, I don't know, you, you think back about people who were very influential and impactful in your career, and of course you remember Dirk Palmer. Yeah. Gunner. Gunner. <laughs> the guy with the old balls. <laughs> You're the guy with the long balls. He's the guy with the old, old, old gray bush. Um, you know, I was thinking about when I was prepping for my retirement, like, who do I invite? What do I, like, what do I do? And again, it was one of those things where, like, if I'm going to do it, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I wanted it to be centered around something that I enjoy. I, I love like, you know, I'm a huge fan of America, right? The, the fact that I've laid it out there, you know, multiple times just to, to be able to have this for my, my family and kids and friends. And, um, it's just something I believe in. And then also make it make it a, a fun experience. Something that my kids could look back on and be like, oh yeah, I remember when daddy jumped into his own retirement and you know, he had the big ass flag and yeah, man, that's that's awesome. It was great. Yeah. It the uh the process leading up to it, it was like a masterboard. Yeah. Like, 
what could go wrong, what what kind of risk, like, oh, do I get to, do I have a couple buddies of mine jump with me and, well, well, somebody burns in or somebody gets fucked up <laughs> on landing or lands off, whatever, like, you know, all stop. Yeah. You know, taint the situation. Or if I burned in, like, selfishly, like, oh, well, he went out. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze of glory. <laughs> no, I, I mean, obviously it would have been fucking traumatic for everybody yeah. standing right there, but, um, you know, it was, it would have only been me. Yeah. Uh, so thought about that, had to time timelines. What happens if I, if we're weathered out or cause with jumping, that's fucking everything. Yeah, especially around here. <laughs> like it's a very good, real possibility. Good old VA, right? <laughs> well, all that stuff to, to culminate, you know, I had so much support on, on the backside, you know, but I tried to make it personal with everybody that, um, from organizing, you know, the, the food, you know, my buddy, Corey, who is a master dude, he's, he's awesome on the grill, but yeah. hands down, he, he owns a, uh, he started a, a barbecue sauce company. Nice. Um, and him and his buddy, Jeff, from up up in uh, New York, they they run it, you know, it's up and down the East Coast. It's, you know, he's doing well. That He actually just started a, a pizza making company. Oh, which, yeah? Oh, yeah, dude, he's making his own pizzas. The, what the guy touches, like, you know, he's a, he knows what tastes good. He knows how to, how to do it well. But he's, he gets, like, you see the love in it. And he's very passionate about cooking and having the right recipe and the you know doing his homework to to do it the right way and um you know he him and I we we smoked all the smoked like two hundred pounds of pork butts two days prior to so that's awesome bro I was up that's at a lot of work to four in the morning every morning like getting the getting the meat on prepping it the night before just you know. Again, I was holding the flashlight, but I was really, yeah. really good at it. Yeah, like, best flashlight holder. I'm, I, I hold it. I hold the flashlight. Um, but I know when I'm I'm outside of my my wheelhouse, dude. I'm I'm in his. But the uh, the, the dedication that he showed me, just as a, and this is just one aspect of it. Like, dude, I had a ton of support from a lot of relationships and friends and family that that I've made, you know, people traveled from all over to, to come and, and celebrate that, that moment with me and my family, yeah. which meant so much, um, you know, having, and I didn't send out formal invites. I didn't, I tried to dude. I, I really did. I tried to go back through and just personally invite as many people as I could yeah. to let them know that, you know, they meant something to me, but my, Really good friend of mine calls me a social butterfly, you know, and uh, he's a faggot for it. <laughs> but I mean, it, I guess it. But he's not wrong. He's not wrong, in the sense that I, I do, man. I, I like to talk to people. I like to um, have meaningful relationships with with people, and you don't get that by not talking to people and hearing their story, where they came from, what what commonalities you guys have, um, you know put yourself in that that time and place with them and give 
give the chance for a relationship to to uh to grow yeah um you know i had a a ton of people who were super close to me that they weren't there and they were very apologetic but i was i totally understood yeah it's i miss my my best friend's wedding i was the best man in his wedding i call him on on iridium as i'm getting on the plane like we were in qatar getting ready to uh, flying to Kabul and like him and all the boys are sitting around the pool and you know I just wanted to wish him you know a, a great great wedding apologize to he was so understanding of the fact that I couldn't be there yeah and he's like dude you're 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 doing the Lord's work <laughs> like amen brother <laughs> but it was um it was one of those shit moments where like you're missing out on something because of something else. Yeah. But you're doing something that's bigger than yourself. So it's justifiable. It's not like I'm, oh man, I'm just sitting at home kicking it. Cause yeah, nah, I'm not flying down. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was how it came back full circle on that was at my wedding. Of course he was my best man. He was there. Um, he, like his best man speech, I, I had it for a year and a half, you know. And after he got done reading his, I read him mine at my wedding. That's awesome. They were, dude, they were almost identical. Really? <laughs> no shit. We referenced the same story on how we met. Um, it was, it just went to show like that you're 100%. Yeah. You know, it was. I've known him forever. Uh, Dale and I go back to third grade where we met by him slamming the door in my face because <laughs> his house was right outside the uh, the bus stop. Yeah. Third grade. He's He was a McGruff house. Like, hey, if you need something, come here. <laughs> hey, man, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, get the fuck out of here like that just happened dude. I pissed my pants before school well his mom answers the door like right after he shut it dude she I mean obviously she yelled at him it's like we don't do that that's not that's not the kind of people we are and, <laughs> that's amazing 30 years later man we're best friends that's so pretty cool <laughs> it was it was pretty cool you know we uh, like the only reason we met because he got or he got held back. Yeah. So I'm glad you weren't as intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, bro. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's funny. Um, <clears throat> oh, sorry, dude. So I've been working the whole time that we're talking but multitasking i just i want to show you what what's currently Jeez. going on over here <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's something <laughs> oh there it is uh-huh uh-huh yeah prioritizing threats right uh -huh. nothing uh nothing my team can't handle but it's funny it is it's funny but we get to do this i get to do this from anywhere yeah um, that's pretty cool you know, sometimes I'm a, I'm a slave to it and we're, we're finding that, that work life yeah. balance again, but being a, in a commission sales position, it's, you know, 
if you don't plant the seeds, they don't grow. Yeah. And at some point I'm going to like, of course I'm planting fucking every seed right now. You're trying to mm-hmm. get a, uh, get a, a solid base going. But at some point, you know, you don't, I don't want to be a slave to my phone, Yeah, but it's sales. So you kind of got to, so you're, so your season beginning to grow something fruitful yeah. later on. I don't know why I'm making so many planting gardening analogies. I mean, are you still into gardening and planting? I am. Okay, well, maybe that's why. Yeah. I mean, you know. I, I remember that's actually one thing that I remember at uh at the training unit is that there's like you and at least one, probably two other people that were like really into to gardening and you nerds would come in and just like Look at this potato I got. It's so big and like perfect. <laughs> I was I'm like, I'm glad I just came a redneck with fucking overalls and a limited vocabulary. Well, hey, hey, Paul, look at this tater I dug up. Mm-hmm. I say it now. I, I call you a nerd affectionately because of that. You know, because honestly, I was like sitting in the back making fun of it, but like a little bit jealous. That I can't grow nothing. <laughs> I mean, I got a lot of weeds in the back, but that's kind of it. <laughs> it. It's pretty cool, actually. Like it's it's cool to. I like to nerd out on on stuff. Yeah, and if it piques my interest, like I go back to that fifty cal, dude. I want to know everything about it. Yeah, <laughs> I just because I if I feel like if I put my time into something, if I don't pour myself into it, I'm wasting my time and whoever else is involved. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to look back on that, but like, oh man, I was just a fucking waste of time. Yeah. I was, you know, I just didn't take the opportunity to, to learn more about whatever it was that I was doing. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of, I wish I could turn the camera around and, and, you know, talk about fucking nerds. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in your RV <laughs> I'm looking at two different digital boards. I got a camera facing me. I got a screen up on the wall. I've got two microphones sitting on uh, on these little rotational ports that I guarantee you weren't originally for this. <laughs> I, I may have made those out of some PVC pipe and some uh, electrical tape and yeah, some t- yeah. So I the, I will the, admit I'm a nerd. The thing is, it's like you you want to do something and you want to do it right. Yeah. You're messing with the little board for the microphones and like, Oh, little test, test one, two, <laughs> you know, move a little way little back. Right. A little, <laughs> little, further, yeah. a little back. Okay. But it's, you want to produce a, a good product. So yeah. you, you want to put some time and some gray matter behind it and not just like throw it together and be, have a shit product. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually like, I take pride in the fact when people call me a nerd for different things, I take pride in that fact. Cause that's, it means exactly to me being a nerd is exactly what you're saying. It's yeah. Just not calling myself a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you're not a nerd. You're, just, just you're not a nerd. Really you would cool never call yourself a nerd. But <laughs> no, like, I nerd out. Dude. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's smart. That's, that's what you said. Uh, but no, that's exactly what it is. Cause there's, If I, if I put something out there and it's, it's obvious that I didn't spend much time 
thinking about it, setting it up, planning it. To me, that's 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 failure, right? Like, yeah. And I, I don't, I, I just can't do that. I just can't do that. And that's kind of why I didn't get into to growing stuff when you guys were all talking about it. Because I, I, I thought about it. I thought about putting those four by fours together and getting that that liner and the all, all the words that you guys said that led up to making cool food. Um, but then I was like, I'm not going to be committed enough. <laughs> and, and I know that that's going to bother me. And, and so then I just didn't do it. Sad face. Well, I mean, it's not too late. Like if it's something that you want to do, yeah. yeah, you have the know how you have, I know how intelligent you actually are. And it's just, do you want to put your time into it? Exactly. That's that's the only thing. Yeah. Any I you could do anything for sure. Um whether you wanted to do something in your current profession after the military, great. You want to get into podcasts and start recording and are they what's a podcast that's on video? Just a video podcast. Yeah. Oh, is it they, they they were real original with that name. It's not like a vodcast? No, it's a, a vlog would be a video log of your life but that's not what we're doing here that sounds kind of gay yeah some of them are actually casey neistat's was pretty interesting but i don't know who that is you should look he he did it for a while like every day but something about that seems super even this like seems kind of vain to me like (laughs) let's talk about me and you and our experience but then on the other side of it, it's like it's experience that that people want to hear about or yeah. see. Um, not that you're trying to, I don't know, make fucking millions of dollars from this. I don't know if I could, be cool. But so far, I'm in debt because of this. All right, well, <laughs> I, just saying, you know, being one of the original podcasters, mm. you know, do I get like a, a royalty? Uh... <laughs> Speaking of that, I need you to sign this paper really quick. <laughs> No, sir. <laughs> no, I, I think it's uh, I think it's cool to to venture out and be be daring with with what you want to do because that's that's how people find fulfillment and like happiness. Yeah, it's like not not afraid of like going to work for somebody else for ninety five, whatever, and have them control my. I I, I did that for twenty one years. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't nine to five. No, it was not <laughs> fucking ever. Sometimes it was, you know, ten to eleven. Like, yeah, ten a.m. ten a.m. to eleven a.m. Like, okay, I'm out because yeah. I've got nothing. Or it was three days of, you know, stop and go, stop and go, and fucking stay at work till whatever. Mm-hmm. They they got theirs yep. for sure. Um, but now it's being able to adjust my own hours and work when I want to and have that sole income be based on the work that I put in. Yeah. That's a, it's a cool feeling, but it, it does. It's what drives me as well. Yeah. Having that, having that, um, that weight, that pressure that, I think most of us like to work under. Mm-hmm. It's like leave me to my own devices, dude. Like there's nothing. It's it's not fun. Yeah. Like I'm a 
I am a glutton for punishment. I think, you know, when it comes to packing for a trip, I know what needs to go in that fucking bag (laughs) and why pack, you know, days ahead. Exactly. You know, if you wait to the last minute, it only takes (laughs) a minute. (laughs) Right. Oh shit, I gotta go. Got this, this, this. I'll buy the rest. See ya. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's yes. Yeah. I, I mean, feel that. Like it, it is the story of my life. Like I'm a procrastinator at heart, but I feel like, you know, there's a stupid saying, well, diamonds are made under pressure. <laughs> yeah. You are a diamond. Then. <laughs> Shine back. <laughs> I eat diamonds because it makes my dookie twinkle. <laughs> Dave Chappelle said that, not me. <laughs> You're just uh, quoting. <laughs> Correct. Nah, I, I agree. I, uh, I, oh man, I really feel that packing comment. That's 100%. I, I mean, there's people that pack days ahead. My wife. I Like days. And she packs way too much shit. And then I spend the next two days going through her shit downsizing right and you know we talk about it we come to <laughs> terms of agreement like hey do you need this or do you just really want it uh, all right because if you really want it we're gonna have to have another bag and, like my bag's half full with mine and the girl's shit all yeah. in that bag so we got space <laughs> that's straight up uh like an eod team though too like you look at i remember the, my first deployment I tried to take everything I could. Yeah. Oh, I was issued it. Yeah. Put it, put it in the box. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I'm definitely going to need this fucking, this compass knife <laughs> and this ridiculous shit that they, you know, somebody's making a bunch of money off of. Yeah. Uh, the last deployment, you know, my kit, I wish I had, I I'd probably do a picture somewhere from, you know, the first, the first time I was training and getting ready and like, yeah. You find a way to put, whether it's three pouches deep, you know, sticking out so you can't even, you have to suck it in to sit in the, the back of the Humvee because your pouches are too thick to get you in there. And then now it's, it's like pretty much clean and there's like a couple things stuck inside some Velcro. Like, oh, well, I really don't need all that. And that's then, experience, man. I mean. It is. It is. But then packing the same way, like. After a while, like, I really felt the I'll just buy it thing where, like, all right, I get somewhere, and, man, I'm running late because I'm only getting a minute to pack. Like, uh, I'm, I don't have time to run back upstairs and get my toothbrush. Guess I'll either not brush my teeth or I'll just buy it while I'm there. I mean, there, I guess to a degree, like, there's a, like, having go bags ready or having, yeah. like, essential shit like hey i know this stuff and this is not worth risking right yeah i'm always going to have this i'm always going to have that and there's a very militant part of that how i still you know operate today like i always have insurance with me yeah you know um it's just i feel like it's it's a comfort thing yeah right um I say insurance, like self-protection like and not condoms. I, I thought you were talking about like your auto insurance card and your yeah, house you know, insurance. I, I always want to make sure I'm financially responsible <laughs> and have the proper insurance in case I 
get into an accident. <laughs> you know, it's um, yeah. like, I, I feel like that's a very important just part of my nature. Because, I mean, there's a lot of fucking crazy people in the world, dude. There is. Like, and it's, it's not like it's going away. No. <laughs> it's getting <laughs> way fucking worse. But, um, I, I think there's the, the shit that you have to have with you. Yeah. Like have to have and need to have, or have to have and want to have, haves and haves and wants or needs and wants. Yeah. Those are the things that are, yeah, I, I can buy that shit somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to be yuck mouth and not brush your teeth and. I mean, for a while, I I had less teeth than everybody anyway. So, you know. Sure you did. <laughs> and technically, those teeth can't get cavities, so I guess I'm all right. <laughs> right maybe you're winning. <laughs> all these veneers that I got up front. Uh, they're not even veneers. They're, they're just straight up fake teeth. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, I mean, so you you got better teeth than I do. Great. Some of them. <laughs> oh, summer teeth. The fake ones are better. Summer the real mine. ones are way worse. <laughs> some are mine, some are not. Yeah. I did get, this is super weird, but I totally thought he was kidding. 100% thought he was kidding. Went to the dentist a year and a half, two years ago, and uh, he was like, oh, one of my real teeth, like I said, way worse than yours. Um, I need a crown on it. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, you want a gold tooth? And I was like, sure. Totally thinking he was kidding. Show up a month later. Sure enough. When was this, dude? I've got a straight up gold tooth. We've, had, we've had this conversation. <laughs> it's definitely come up in, in FTX. Like we talked about a lot of stupid shit here. <laughs> well, I, that this is this is just recently in FTX. That's when I, I lost my my the, teeth. Yeah, the front teeth. Cause for a while, so before I came in, remember I, I'd gotten one of them punched out mm-hmm. and then they cemented that one onto another one that was one of my front teeth on the top. And then the tooth didn't come in to the dentist. Like I had one made, it was like five grand. Thanks, mom. Um, didn't come in before I came in the military. And then I didn't come home consistently for long enough for them to put it in until uh, I just never made it. Um, and then uh, you got a $5,000 tooth just floating out there. Yeah, yeah, it was actually it was in my cage in Guam for a long time because uh, I, I was able to pick it up finally. But um, by then, all this other stuff hey, had happened. Can, can, so, can you bolt this on? <laughs> well, we had uh, after EOD school, we were driving across country. Um, I was with a few other guys. We were driving into Vegas where we were going to stop for like a day or two and then finish up in, uh, you know, in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And as we're driving through that one tooth had been cemented to the other one for so long. Uh, let's see at that time, probably two, two and a half years, um, driving in and no kidding. We're like driving over the, the dam just before you go into Vegas, you see the lights, everything's all pretty. You're like, the, man, the, we're going to have Hoover a dam? the Hoover dam. <laughs> um, and, uh, then it falls out. It like cracks off. Like as you're driving over the dam? Is it, it, I mean, in my head it was, but it was probably hey, like hey, someone. You, it's your, it's yeah, your story, dude. Uh, uh, Rewind. Um, yeah, so literally as we were driving over the dam. <laughs> um, like this and it falls off out the window. So, And it wasn't just the tooth that was fake. It was the tooth next to it had rotted through because you can't 
floss. You can't get in there. It's a fake tooth. And you're always cementing your toothbrush. Yeah. That's a fact. Dude. That's a fact, Jack. Okay. <laughs> um, so they fell out. So um, for a couple days until I, I could get to a dentist, I had this travel size fixident, and I would put a little bit of fixident on it, shove those teeth up there, <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> couple hours later go to the bathroom <laughs> fixing it shove them back up there that's fucking awesome that was that was a good time and uh and eventually they were able to put make me two fake teeth so the, straight up both front teeth uh did you get them for christmas cement those on, yeah <laughs> something like that <laughs> and then finally in uh in ftx there had been a chip in between the two of the front teeth mm -hmm. and it was perfect for stripping 16 gauge wire so I was out pulling, uh, stripping wire with my teeth, building up a V-bed for training, and I stripped the wire, and the teeth both just flew out. And if I you was, just take four training out of that, so, so there I was, yeah. building a V-bed, <laughs> stripping the wire with my teeth, my fucking teeth came out. <laughs> and I couldn't find them, couldn't find them in the dirt, so I couldn't fix it. <laughs> so I, I went in, I finished building the V-bed. Went in, was like, hey, man, I, I got to go to the dentist. <laughs> when, what, when was this? Like, I feel like I I was present oh, for it because uh, you didn't have your front teeth in. Oh, yeah. So so I would, so actually that, sorry, that wasn't, no, I was doing it for FTX, but I was actually in Nuke's division at the time. And what I would do, because they made me this retainer with two teeth on it mm -hmm. that I would put up there, whatever. And it made me lisp. And just my mouth salivated like the best food was there, but there was no food in sight. It's probably just it was, it was terrible. Um, so, what I would do to like best icebreaker ever for teaching a class of people you don't know or even people you do, I would stand up there, and I would introduce myself. You know, I'm EOD one. I blah blah blah. This that and the other, and then I would just look at everybody and I'd stop for a second and be like. I can't freaking do this. And I'd turn around, I'd pop them out, and I'd be like, oh, that's so much better. And everybody would just be like, what in the world? This dude got two, no front teeth. Like, and then I would just continue on like it was normal. Like, what? What? You, you'll see something? <laughs> Jack, I got something on my face. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So well, there's, well, there's my story. <laughs> that's one of them. Yeah. But, well, I mean, Looks like your teeth are all pearly white now. Yeah, they're, uh, they, I mean, they matched them to the color. <laughs> all right. <laughs> A shade of white. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the lighting in here. It's like, you know. 5,600 Kelvin. What? Kelvin? Yeah, it's daylight. No big deal. 5,600 Kelvin is daylight? Mm -hmm. I thought it was measured in lumen. No, lumen is how bright the light is. Kelvin is how... Uh, the color of the light. Again, started getting into this stuff. Hey, man, I, I believe. Started I'm going to press learning. that fucking button because I thought Kelvin was, was temperature. It is. The temperature of the light determines what color the light is. The lumens uh, of the light determines how bright that is. Intensity. Inten there you go, okay. intensity, yeah. Man, we got there. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> fucking A. <laughs> See, look, that's kind of how FTX was. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Without powers combined. <laughs> yeah. Do some fun and dangerous <laughs> shit. Blast cannons. Oh, my goodness. Blast cannons. Let's make IED. Yeah. 
hey, we'll set them up to this fucking remote circuit. We'll put them in culverts and actually blow them up. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember we had, we had, uh, we took the IS, one of the ISs. He wanted to come out and help us so that he could understand better what we did so that he could understand when he's looking up reports and this and that, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, something like that. And so we were like, all right, we're going to do a mine strike and you're going to sit over here near this, this blast cannon. And he looked like super nervous. And, but, you know, we're so used to that. We know everything that's kind of going, well, you know, in general, everything that's going on. Um, so we're like, all right, just lay down right there. You know, eventually we'll set off the blast cannon and then the guys will like come over and you'll start screaming, whatever. And, uh, something got delayed. So I went over and I was like, Hey man, how you doing? You doing all right. And he's like, Hey, I just got a question. Um, when that blows up, that's not going to like hurt me. Right. <laughs> he thought it was like a legit, going to be a legit explosion. That was like uncontained. It was like, Oh no, here, come here. Let me show you how this thing works. Like, <laughs> let's give you a little comfort. This is my, my bad. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was impressed with how willing he was to just lay there, even though he thought until he told him different that there was a potential, hey this man, explosion yeah, had all trust. Dude. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey man, just right here. Uh, it's going to be a little loud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, like the, the willingness for, for guys to, to get together and, and think outside the box, put yeah. together a, a, um, a viable slash like, you know, interesting learning environment. Yeah. That was, uh, that was fun. Absolutely. A lot of fun. I was, I mean, I told Kurt, I told Danny, like the, you put the right people together. Fucking, you can do anything. Yeah. And have fun doing it. And that's kind of, my my ultimate goal is to do something like that. Take all of my close, like-minded, you know, friends that, and have some type of venture that would be just fun to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, always, always thinking, always, you know, brainstorming for something like that. But I've got a got a few things that. I ultimately would would be a a really great time and you know lucrative, but still a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. It would be cool. I don't even know what it is, but uh, it'd be cool. If I know enough. you, <laughs> <laughs> and you know me. <laughs> All right. Now you know. He talked about network and um, and having. Um, having the right network, having network of, of people around you. Right. And like, I think there's a, there's two kinds of networks. There's, there's just the network of like people that you need for, for everything. Right. And then there's like your close personal network. The one that, that, you know, you would, it's not just network. It's not just people on a, on a paper, people that you talk to occasionally. Um, um, but then there's that like smaller group that even though you might only talk to them occasionally, um, they're the people that you're going to go to when you're like, all right, now's the time for that venture. You know, I know, I know you, I, I, we've been through things together. 
You're vetted. Yeah, you know, you're, you're the right person for this. You've spent the time doing your due diligence and yeah. and creating that that relationship to where, hey, I would like to take this a step further because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I know that your strengths, I know your weaknesses, I know you will will bring to the table. Right. And I know what won't, like, your, even your negatives won't detract from the, the end goal. Yeah. Um, and it's just team building, right? It's, it is scouting for creating your, your ultimate platoon. Yeah. Yeah. Having, uh, uh, having the right leadership in place, having the right, um, your, your end goal, you know, what do you, what are you looking to accomplish? And then having fun with it. Yeah. I like that. Um, one of the last things that you, you got on here is like memorable moments, moments in EOD. It's like, I like the way you worded this, but uh, I wanted to see if there's a reason why you have one of your most memorable moments is uh, just straight up finishing alive. Is that, is that, were you worried about that for a while or, or sure. is that just kind of a, when, when you first start out something and you know, the, the near death experience is early on, very real. It, it changes your, your focal point of what could really happen, what it actually means to put your nuts on the line. And, um, not that it was, I mean, it was a very real possibility, yeah. right? Um, but that's not what you're focused on, because I, I feel like if you're focused on that, just just merely surviving, then um, it's detracting from what you're set out to do. Yeah. So finishing alive, I would say, means to me like you for whatever reason the the stars aligned and you were you came out on the other side you know not dead um to the guys who paid that ultimate sacrifice like we were all willing to put ourselves in that position it just happened to be that by maybe it was fault of their own most likely it wasn't. It was just they were victim of circumstance, and a lot of a lot of people have lost their lives through through that. That means, um, you know, it just wasn't your day. It wasn't your your card that was going to be pulled. But was the the feeling always there? Yeah. I mean, my feeling anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Every call you went out on, every operation you did, every firefight you got in, every every mission that you took, the the chances were real. Yeah. Um. Some more high risk than others, but still, that brings you back to what you were saying about just the training. Like those training evolutions, were they? Was the you look at that fucking risk matrix that? You got to fill out before everything you do. And was the 
was the opportunity. Um, there to to lose it yeah but hopefully you, you trained and didn't get complacent enough to oh fuck it i don't need to give you a jmpi now yeah yeah you'll be all right or you, know, you just created this um self risk assessment for lack of better terms to to make sure that you were not just losing your your ability to to focus and stay um, aware of what what was going on around you, so made it. Um, happy for it. Happy that I'm able to start another um, career path, start another chapter in life, and find the sense of purpose, find you know joy in day to day shit and not uh be so overcome with other shit that I feel like I can't go on. Yeah, there there are outlets there. Um another big thing for preparation is like you, you don't prepare or think about what's gonna happen next. I feel like you could circle the drain really really fast. Yeah. Just because you you were used to going 100 miles an hour and now you come to a screeching halt, you know, that could turn into some bad shit. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've definitely, uh, <clears throat> actually on a, a few different, like, EOD boards on, on Facebook, and um, that's that's one of the, the most common things that, that I read on there for the, the guys that are going through a lot of, a lot of stuff is kind of, yeah, they, you were, you're going a hundred miles an hour, the car stops, you get out, the car takes off and you're like, oh crap, I didn't know where I wanted to get out at. Right. And we, we put this focus on planning and preparing and for every, I mean, it's your next mission, dude. Your, your next mission is, is your life, yeah. right? It's your life outside the military. So give it the, the time, the effort, and the, you know, that it deserves because you got your rest of your life to think about it. Yeah. Right? And prepare for this just like you're going to prepare for anything else. But even more, uh, you have yourself to hold responsible. You have your family, if you have one, to to take care of and that's going to need you. And um, there's, a, there's a lot... A lot of life to live out here and it's it can be fun yeah enjoy enjoy the shit enjoy the time where you you get to spend time with people who you want to and not who you have to yeah um you're allowed to go somewhere without and that that's even something foreign for me like oh i can just get up and and go yeah <laughs> i mean i still got to check with the with the warden you know <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's not a, it's not a free pass, but like, <laughs> I just got a different set of rules. Yeah. I think your chits were supposed to be routed to me, but you know, it's, it's all oh, right. Oh, you know, I'm, I may have lost access to that <laughs> to change my, <laughs> my, my people, what the fuck was that? In sips or something? Sips, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> it's good that that should be forgot quickly. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> 
you know, I, I think it's a lot, there's a lot to learn and a lot to experience. And that's really what I'm, I'm focused on now is finding that, that new experience. Um, I still want to try and challenge myself, do, do stuff that's difficult, do stuff that is, um, just like why we started. It's, Hey, it's seemingly like, Oh man, that's fucking nuts. Like, why are you doing that? Well, cause I, cause I want to, yeah. Um, I started, uh, beginning of this year, I just started soaking in the lake in the morning. Like, yeah, I get up, walk into the lake and just sit there for 10 minutes. It's fucking cold. It's 43 degrees. <laughs> yeah. And I just started doing it by myself. And my buddy Nick said, uh, you doing what? I'll join you. Cool. Um, and another buddy of mine, Sean, is like, yeah, I'll join you. Cool. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Yeah. I just thought about it. It's like, man, we're just sitting there having stupid conversations, freezing your, <laughs> freezing your nuts. <laughs> There's a lot of science behind it. You know? Yeah. And that's, uh, it's not, I don't know enough to speak, you know, to have a fucking podcast on it, but <laughs> there's a method behind the, yeah. the Madison, but it's to just do it. Just go out and keep pushing. I heard, I think it was Joe Rogan talking about, cause he, he, you know, does all the, the oh, yeah, I mean, ice bath stuff. This is pretty but, much the same thing, right? We're, we're just yeah, like Joe Rogan yeah. right now. I mean, <laughs> Basically, just as successful money wise and everything should I, too. Should I call oh. you Joe? Or like, <laughs> uh, but no, he he said something to the effect of, uh, you know, like one of the reasons why he does that specifically every day, every day, every morning, is to like to actually no, it wasn't it wasn't Joe. It was uh, I think it was Cameron Haynes. He had it. It was on the Joe Rogan podcast. So you know, by the way, I, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, not, I mean. The dude's successful. Exactly. Yeah. He has a lot of cool people on that say interesting stuff like this. Um, he was like, yeah, I, I do that at the beginning of every day just so I have something hard completed at the beginning of the day. Like it's like, like you said, it's, it's cold, <laughs> you know, 40 something degrees. Like, I mean, that's, that's not easy. I'm sure to just like walk in there and sit in there for 10 minutes. No, it's That's not. A long time. I did. I did thirteen the other day. That was too long. Jeez. It took me. Was, but like right out of the gate, you're like, man, I did something I wanted slash probably didn't totally want to do. You know, like you wanted to do it, but forcing yourself to do something uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's boom. You got that out of the way. Beginning of the day. Now everything through the rest of the day you can look back and be like, well, I, I did that uncomfortable thing. Cool. I can do this next thing. I, I hear that, but that's not really how I view it. Yeah. Cause I, I don't want to look back. Cause I feel like that's, that's resting on shit that you did. Yeah. But it's like a, a way to set the tone yeah. for your day. It's a way to, Hey, yeah, I'm going to challenge myself and yeah. just keep fucking going. I like it. Um, you know, both of my kids, man, they, they, so I don't let them do it during the week because that would take forever to get them to school. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go through rewarming procedures and stuff like that. But they, uh, I want them to see me challenge myself. Yeah. Still, I want them to have that outlook on life where, oh, that's hard. All right, let's do it. 
Um, and not for anybody, but for yourself. Right. Like, I don't, yeah, I'm not, Hey, come look at me sitting in fucking cold water and, you know, jackhammer my teeth. No, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not it at all. It's like mental clarity. It is a, um, I'm more than merrier. Like if, if that's something you want to do, cool. Like, let's fucking talk about it. Let's in, let's talk about it when we're sitting in, in some cold ass water. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, if it's, if people are interested in, in whatever I'm doing, I like, I love the company. Yeah. Cause I love the company of like-minded individuals that are and not just like-minded, but that are there to, you know, shoot you straight to and yeah. have honest conversation about X, Y, or Z. Um, talk about struggles, talk about good times, talk about whatever it is that you want to discuss. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm here right now. Cause I think what you're doing is it's cool. You have an idea, you're following through with the idea. If I can do anything to help you pursue your, your next venture, that's, that's fulfillment for me as well. Um, it's, it's cool to, to continue to support, support your boys. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate it. And girls. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Like that's not a, I don't know. I, I use that. I'm not down with the whole fucking. No, I actually, you know, it is, it is worth like actually saying, but you know, I, I agree. I, I use guys, boys, the brotherhood, you know, that's come up a lot in, in these podcasts and like, that is not meant to exclude the, we've got some awesome females in, in the community. Like yeah. that's, that is just, man, training's, training's hard to untrain, you know? And like, I'm kind of not going to untrain myself. <laughs> um, it's, it's a, if you know me, you know my intention and yeah, I'm not exactly. that kind of, you know, dude, that's going to exclude you. Right. Like if you're a female doing something that, you know, we're not adjusting the, the, what needs to happen doesn't change right. how it happens. If you can get there by your means, then hell yeah. 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 I'm all about it. I do understand the differences in, in male, female, um, especially in the, the combatant role and all that. It's a, there is a, a fine line of, of capability. And, but if you're capable to, to do said mission then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good on you. But because there's, there's plenty of fucking dudes I know that <laughs> don't carry their weight. Yeah, exactly. And maybe are carrying way too much weight. Yeah. They let themselves fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is getting personal now, but you know, no big deal. <laughs> no, hey. <laughs> When did it start getting personal? Like what, when you called me fat just now. Step no. one. No, <laughs> no, I, I'm just playing. No, it, it's like yeah. you're you're not able to do yeah said mission, and then you're counting other people out just because they're they're a chick or right. Exactly. Exactly. Basically, like diverting the <laughs> diverting it onto something else, so it's not on you. Um, or every time I take a drink, these silver balls hit me in the lips. <laughs> Like, thanks thanks bro oh, that's on tv they were cold at one point <laughs> those balls as smooth as eggs <laughs> uh, 
dude, this has been uh, this has been awesome. I'm proud of you for taking the step and going into debt to buy all this expensive <laughs> shit. <laughs> it looks cool. That's that's half the battle right there. As long as you make me sound cool, like when I oh yeah hear this play back, I want like a Barry White kind of. Maybe I can use that with that. I guess not chat GPT, but one of those AI things where you can change the voice. You just tell me which voice you want. Can I like merge voices? Can I get like a Denzel with a a Bradley Cooper? You know, like I can picture that. Right. I can picture you with that. I'm kind of like a, if those two were to have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) My man. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Now, I, I appreciate you coming on uh, and supporting this. You know, I, I've actually been really uh, having you on, having uh, coming in and, and talking and doing this. Like, this has been something that I think uh, you've got experiences and, uh, you know, fun stories, but also just, just the experiences throughout your life up to here that can be super helpful for people. And that's, that's a, that's a big portion. Like for me, there's a couple portions that are reasons why I want to do this. And, uh, the first one was to, to provide something positive to the community that like specifically junior guys, but also everybody can, can get something from, um, and then the second part is, the you know outside of the community in the civilian world when i started this my mom was like this is this is cool my my mom i've been doing this for you know i've been in the military for 16 years and my mom was like this is cool because i don't really know what you do (laughs) i'm like maybe i should have told you more but people don't know what eod is and 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 what we bring to the table and i think having like sharing these experiences in I think it's important to just like you're saying that there's you don't have to bottle shit up for the rest of your life and but there is a right. silent professional uh portion about it to right. where I don't need to be on a book cover or don't need to be on a fucking movie reel just to say what you like, you do what you did because you believed in it and mm-hmm. you wanted to yeah no, but that's your life like that's your experience and um, it does, it, there is a, there's a fine line where you are, I guess a little, it's tumultuous internally to, well, am I, am I selling out by yeah. talking to people about shit or am I trying to, you know, be, be some, somebody that I'm not cause it, yeah. It's not. It, it, there is a being real with it, and, mm-hmm. and it's okay to to talk about. You know, you're not giving up. If somebody's oh, it's too fucking secret. I can't tell you about it. Hey, they're full of shit, yeah. right? I mean, there's yeah. very few few instances or you know things that you're not in the fucking. You're not a spook. You're not a you know. Most of the time when people say that shit, like they're full of shit. Yeah. 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 Cause the people that would, that have those stories, 
just don't talk about those stories. I fucking shop in Lottie. (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up, Grandpa. (laughs) Yeah. You you being in in Djibouti for seven months, that's not like (laughs) earth shattering. I can't I can't tell you where it was. Right. Like, oh you're in Bahrain, weren't you? (laughs) How'd you know? Uh, call it a hunch because <laughs> everybody's in Bob Red. Now, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to uh, do this do this again. I, I, what I'd like to do at some point is get Thank you for listening to the Echo Oscar Delta podcast, where we talk to Navy EOD techs and hear the stories that they want to share.